Ooh, that looks tasty. Support for Boards and Brews comes from Sovereignty. Play board games in a 3D environment on any device. Play smarter. Welcome, folks. Here the Hunger Gamers back with another episode of Boards and Brews. And again, we are joined with another repeat visitor because they like to make poor choices. So we are joined again by Berndt Dittler of Meet Me at the Table. And so very quickly, Berndt, who the crap are you? What is your shtick? And what is your outlet where people can find your stuff? And what is your brew that you are drinking tonight? Because I have a Fort Point KSA myself. Well, fantastic. I, uh, I went and grabbed a Founders. I've got a Founders Porter. Want a little little thingy from around the corner in the cooler at the local liquor store. <laughs> that's what I got. Okay, who am I? Baron, uh, like you already said I'm Baron Diddler. I mean, that's who I am. I do uh, I do board game playthroughs and unboxings. And I uh, my shtick, well, I guess my shtick would be the fact, the thing that really I, I like about what I do is I'm pretty energetic when it comes to games because I really love them. And so when I'm doing playthroughs, I'm just really excited to see these games on the table. Um, on top of that, I also make sure that I actually have every miniature painted when I try to play games with miniatures, which I think is another big thing that I do that I don't see a lot. Hello, Reichbusters. Well, there are, you know, it's funny you should mention that. I will probably talk about this later, but there are different levels of games when it comes to being able to paint and how to paint them. And I'm, I'm actually hoping to talk about a little bit of that today. Uh, so that, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, what, what else do you got? You said shtick, you said brew, you said who I am. And, and how, how do we watch you? How do you watch me? Uh, I am only found on YouTube. Um, it's at Meet Me at the Table. That is my that is my gaming channel, and I do basically, like I said, playthroughs and unboxings and fun stuff. I do some giveaways every once in a while. We hit milestones, which is kind of fun. But yep, only YouTube. I don't actually believe it. Around. I should probably hire a media specialist, and I might actually have. I'd probably be on more things like Facebook and Instagram and whatever else everybody else is using out there nowadays. I the last I think I was using MySpace last time I checked. So I should probably switch that up. But if you even know what MySpace is. Yeah, yeah, no, please. I remember Friendster. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's way, way, way back. All right. So uh, you you mentioned miniature paintings. That that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about painting our games. And, you know, so not, we're not talking about Warhammer 40K and that, you know, which is the whole kit bashing and assembling, though some games you do have to assemble as I've, as I've learned. But just taking all those buckets of plastic miniatures games or uh, dungeon crawls, mostly that we have, and actually painting them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we can do that, what have you been playing lately? And then the follow-up question will be, what's on your table right now? So it might be the same thing, but it might not be the same thing. So what have you been playing lately? What have I been playing lately? Um, I just got the, I got an advanced copy of the third edition of Mac and Arcana. So I've been kind of digging through that really enjoying that game i enjoyed it even back during the second edition so this is a fantastic game uh, yeah just, i actually got it wound up getting a copy of, of machina arcana the second edition i played through i didn't play through all seven of them yeah but i think i played through through a lot of them um and then i realized i wasn't playing anymore and somebody i knew really 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 wanted it so i was like well then you should have it you know for sure not, yeah uh that, that, that that's a fun one for anybody who doesn't know that is a kind of cthulhu-esque steampunk horror dungeon crawl but each it's a series of one-offs each Mm -hmm. one is his own little mini campaign with different rooms and events but you know you sit down for 
90 minutes to three hours and you've done the whole campaign. <laughs> this is true. Uh, it, it, and they do say they kind of loosely tie together as you go through them. Um, so, but like you said, they don't progress. I kind of actually put this in between uh, a regular dungeon crawl and uh, oh, what's that game that we, what's that one we did together? Uh, dungeon, uh, Alliance. dungeon Alliance. Because it is kind of a puzzly dungeon crawler in itself. Because you do have a way of kind of manipulating things, but you don't actually get to know how and what everything's coming out and doing, which is where your regular dungeon crawl is always a little bit more randomy. Where sometimes in this game you have a little more. The dice aren't as powerful as they are in most other games. Like they only have, I think, up to a three. So you do have a little bit of, of strategy as to how you're going to try to take on some of these monsters. Mostly it's run, I found. But you can sometimes figure out neat ways of being able to get them into traps or shut them behind doors and things like that, which is really kind of more the puzzly aspect instead of just running up and bashing, 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 which you do in a lot of dungeon crawlers. Yeah, and I, I don't know about third edition, if it's how different it is, but I definitely found when I was playing the second edition that the game always makes you think you're going to win. <laughs> and that might not be true. Like it's, I'd say I probably won, I don't know, 30% of the time, but I always got to the end. And I always thought, well, that's not true. Except for like once, I always thought I had a chance, and then always something would happen, and it would just be ruined. It it does. I have to admit, this game escalates probably better than most, in a harder vein than a lot of other dungeon crawlers or games of this. Sometimes when you get to a game like this, you can get enough stuff that you're pretty much invincible. Sometimes in these kind of games, and this one, it's not the case because these monsters are, like you've said, rolling a ton of dice at you that you really can't block and you think you're doing great and all of a sudden they're like okay now you got a timer you got to do this in five turns really i got five i, I built myself up to be able to but i i can't do this in five turns like you said you never know exactly what this game is going to throw at you until you play through all the scenarios at least once and you're kind of like oh okay i know how this one's going to go but even then i just got done doing the first one out of the two eternity and it had some really neat new mechanics in the turn of two eternity stuff some of the chapter cards are actually things that go out on the board as little side rooms which is really cool and it was the way this one all transpired at the end was really neat and i'm excited for people to see it um it was really neat how it all what the, what you had to do at the end i thought was really a cool concept so all right so that that's that's one for you so uh my first i'll do my small one that i've been playing lately because i can hold it in my hand make oh. a noise doom machine oh it's a mint 10 size game and it's a solo only little dice placement dice manipulation where there is some idiot it's probably michael kelly has created this machine that is going to well it's called the doom machine so you know what it's going to do yeah and it's it's kind of spreading out it's making itself grow and you're trying to stop it so you're rolling dice each turn but and you're trying to break the parts of the machine and after enough parts have been broken or just come out, because a new one comes out every turn, you finally can attack the Doom Machine core. And the more parts of the machine you destroy, the cards, the more dice you get. You destroy the thing, you take its health die, now you can roll it and use it. Oh. But it just escalates. It escalates really fast. Because like, oh, there's three things out there I can handle. It. Oh, crap, there's one turn. I didn't kill anything. Now there's something else out there. Oh, shoot. Oh, and then one of those machines, it took one of my dice. Now I have only four dice. Now there's, oh, now there's five parts out there. It, it escalates, it's very fast. And I, I backed it, you know, I was like, well, it's literally, I mean, it was a little expensive for, for this, you know, it was like plus shipping, it was like 30 bucks for this. So like, I mean, oh, like I didn't expect it to be as expensive as it wound up being, but it's pretty cool. 
it's right. very hard. So it's, it's coming with me to science camp this week. Nice. So, nice. so, we'll see. so I, I've been, I've been play, playing a decent amount of that. I mean, it's a 10 minute game, so it's easy. To play I think that's a great game to bring to science camp because you can create a doom machine. Uh, definitely. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be at science camp. That's a good idea. All right. So that's one I've been playing. What else have you been playing lately? What else have I been playing? Um, I've been working on getting, uh, what is it? The Assassin's Creed game to the table. I've kind of played to the point zero one, which is kind of a intro mission to kind of learn it. And in the process, I've been kind of painting up things like I'm working on the tower. That's part of that game. And some of the miniatures. Uh, what I did the unboxing, I actually asked if people wanted to see just the game, go, go, go on, make it gray or they wanted to see them all painted. And I actually did get, just put it on their gray, but I couldn't, it just hurt too much. So I, I did actually start painting up some of the stuff as I was trying to learn it. Not to mention I was working on Mac and Arcana at the time. So I thought if I can get through that game, it'll give me enough time to paint this one. So I've been working on that and kind of learning that one. So you've ignored what your fans want. Well, to an ex to 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 an extent, and it wasn't necessarily that I ignored them. They a lot of it said paint as you go. That was what many people told me. Because if you haven't seen this game and the amount of miniatures in this game, it's very. It, as we get into our topic of painting miniatures, this game is definitely going to come up as to what a certain type of game uh, that I will be talking about. Um, but I'm working on that one. And I think that's really about all I've been playing. I've got, I just got role player adventure. I haven't had a chance. I just got a chance to read the rules. I know you've been playing that one. What did you think of that one so far? Yes, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's the, the next one I was on top of the playing. For anybody who, who doesn't know, role player adventures, it's kind of the, the follow up to the role player series. And the role player series was a, a dice drafting manipulation game where you're making a role playing character, you know, your strength, charisma, decks, all that. You know, you think D&D, but almost all of them are kind of the same. And you're specifically making these characters, and there's a the one two of the expansions have a little bit of combat you can do within it as you're making your character. But for the most part, you're just making a character, buying the gear, and then the game ends. And when I reviewed that, I said, you know, that's it's a fun game and it's a neat puzzle. My wife actually really likes it, but I want to do something with the character. And the Monsters and Minions expansion lets you do it a little bit, but not really. But now there's role player adventures, which is this huge choose your own adventure style game where you can actually if you want import characters that you've made in role player into the game and then use them and then it's this crazy big story driven game like there's only one miniature to paint which i've primed <laughs> i haven't actually painted it um but i've primed it um and just the tiny little maps, this represent, representative of where you are in each story that you're going through. But most of it, it's this dice manipulation game. So you'll do a challenge and it'll say, ah, you need a pink three and a green five and a black two to pass this test. And you're drawing dice out of the bag and you're hoping you get those colors or you can spend your character stamina to specifically pull those colors dice out of the bag. So you're going to use those, but that gets you closer to dying because if you get too beat up and you're too fatigued then you, know, you potentially lose and combat's done done kind of the same way and you have a, a hand of cards that you have for each of the characters and they can play only a certain number of cards which will manipulate the dice so i might have the one of my characters has a long sword i can play the long sword and that will allow me to raise or lower a green die by one so i you know i rolled a four but i need a green three boom i got it i can put it out there and it's very very simple but the story so far, and I'm about 40% through the story, is engaging, it's intriguing, it's fun. You fail forward. Okay. And so uh, that is one of my questions that I have is, you know, 
can you actually fail? Because, you know, if you always just fail forward at some point, when do you fail so much that you've just failed? You know what I mean? Like, you so, have to at least have that. I, I like I really appreciate the way Madara does it, where it's, it is a fail forward, but eventually gets to a point where you kind of say, like, I wouldn't fail this mission, man, if I were you or this could be the end. And like, yeah, they can they'll end your game if you fail too many times. There is another game I just recently played. Um, actually, I think it was the Assassin's Creed game where, yes, I think you can fail forward again. But once you fail too many of the missions, you have like a little tally. It doesn't put you in a different direction. It's just once you fail too many of them, you have to start. Yeah, again. it's just over. Um, and, and to be fair, this one might like you, if everyone gets exhausted. You, you mark a tally on your sheet. Mm -hmm. And if you get to 10 of them and every time you do, there's something that you go read in the, the, the Tome of Encounters, the Tome of Secrets or whatever. So maybe you hit to, you get to ten and it's over. I, I don't know, um, but overall it's it's really fun. Like I really really like it. I mean, I've, it's just still on my table. I've just been playing it, just sit down, play through a game, and and once you've unpacked it, uh, you know, punched it and everything, it sets up really fast. Nice. Like it's a very fast setup. Doesn't take up a ton of space. The dice dice mechanics are good fun. I mean, if you don't like dice chucking, you're not going to like it. <laughs> I mean, it just. And, and I mean, it's also dice. So there are times when like there's one, one of the checks you do where, you know, you need on your three dice, you got to get to three sixes. Okay. And then you roll all twos. <laughs> and suddenly that becomes, you just might not be able to do it. Cause you, yeah, sure. You have dice where you can flip. Mm -hmm. Okay. But sure. Okay. So I flipped my two. Now it's a five. And then I'm going to play a card and I'm going to make, make that now to six. Now I got one, but of course each I'm playing with two characters. Each character can only play two cards. So it's literally impossible, even if I had the right combination. So you can just be done because you roll very poorly. It's possible. The further into the game you get, it seems like it's less likely. You know, I don't know. I probably fail if I combine just the test and the um, combats. I'm probably passing at like a 60% rate or so right now. Um, okay. I've definitely not passed some stuff that was like clearly really bad not to pass, you know, um, the other cool thing that happens is as you go through, you, you draw a new card discoveries, you find stuff. So, you, you know, random numbers you pull out and like, you know, you, Oh, you, I, like I found a, a crowbar. That's nice. Safe one. It's not a spoiler crowbar. And so I flip through, Oh, card 98. Now I have a crowbar. And then every different chapter you go to, as you're there, you can always say, you know, I'm going to try to use this crowbar. You spend oh. a little fatigue and every single one you can flip to the, into the, uh, the storybook. And, you know, if we're in an uh, area D of the story and crowbar is number 37, I look, I find D 37. And like, and what one point said, yeah, it said something like you, you swing a crowbar around like a sword. Why were you doing that? You're not <laughs> sure. You know, you are now more fatigued. That's pretty awesome. So it does incorporate a lot of different things. Like even yeah, all the stuff you can possibly yeah, get. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, like the old monkey islands and stuff like that, the way sure. that the items work. And you can combine them like to the point where I, I'll be very vague now, but I had something like a crowbar and then something, you know, a big and heavy. And I was like, I used them together. And it's like, you try to balance this big, heavy thing on the crowbar and you drop it on your foot. You're like, you know, because like, what, why, why would you do that? And, you know, that's not what it said. I'm just making something. I don't want to spoil it, but, but you know, you know it's kind or, 
sometimes when you get to points in games, you're kind of like, I don't really know what to do. I'll just try. It's almost like I played one of the unlock games where I was like, I was totally lost. Like, I don't know what to do. I'll just put this chicken with this box and see what happens. Oh, you did it. I'm like, really? That's that. Or like the other one would be like, no, that was a really silly thing. Why would you do something like that? Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I really have been enjoying that. You might find that you will be disappointed with the lack of new stuff because you get new abilities and things get harder but you know i mean i'm again i'm only about halfway through but i haven't there's no new mechanics right you, you know you stuff gets stronger stuff gets harder you get more items and things get harder to balance but the dice placement dice manipulation that is the game yeah you know. well, I mean, if, you, if you think about role players being like an rpg and in, in a sense that's yeah. very similar to that it's like for example in my DD group my wife's a barbarian she's going to be a barbarian she might get a new skill every once in a while but it's not like she's gonna have these all these cool things coming at her that she can read change and do different things she's gonna be a barbarian for quite until a while. she gets cursed to swap her strength and intelligence stat that's right that's how it goes you so can what, have that and you can use that true i should almost try to maybe do that to her no she would be very mad <laughs> right um but no no no, because then she would be so smart she would realize she shouldn't be mad anymore there you go she she won't rage anymore to try to beat anybody up there you go that's yeah. it but you know i think the big thing is, is it's the, the, the two journal adventure story stuff like yeah. that's really what the, is the core of the game i um, think that's but, pretty cool i know yeah. i've been playing the thing speaking of story games i've actually also been playing folklore the affliction and i've been playing that new one that spire gun oh my gosh that reinvigorated folklore for me don't get me wrong i like folklore it's great but it got to a point where some of the combat which was its, i think it's really its flaw really was starting to drag the game down to me because i get to a like place where it's like oh you're gonna fight these things i'm like okay and it just kind of being it came into like this idea of who can roll 100 siders faster and better than the other person was pretty much all it came down to you didn't really want to use any of your ability points because you wanted to save those for the bad guy at the end and it was really kind of a, i had a struggle sometimes with just doing the smaller combats to get to the main combat where i could fight, really use my characters but now with this one you're gain, able to gain back ability points a little bit easier you're able to now with that they have a new initiative track which allows you to you want to try to get to these better spaces to give yourself a bigger boost like at one point i was able to give my drudas like plus five might or some plus five defense it was really great it really helped out she actually became the tank that battle because like well she's her starting defense is worse than my other guys but now with this bonus because she's on that one space boom i threw up in front and she tanked it really good she took some damage you know, take some damage but she was she, she held her own up pretty good so i'm liking that one i got back into that one and i'm really digging it and i've put it on my channel and uh I'm i've watched the first three and i'm i'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the for the number four and you just keep not putting it out because you don't listen to what your fans want as we established earlier they want to see everything and so i'm working on everything all at the same time so those are really i think the big ones i've been working on um i, I do uh, i'm playing kingdom death with peter but that's our tabletop simulator on one stop co-op shop stream we're kind of playing that together i know i've had you on it once i know and i've had a blast though no, i will say the last time we played we just rolled it yeah <laughs> it, just... it, it did not we should have fought something a little bit tougher and actually the next week Peter and I actually did have an epic battle against the Phoenix. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing that one. That was one of that was that was one of those epic battles that you get every once in a while in that game. Yeah. And so the only other one I've been playing and I've actually just, just came back from the game day and I've actually had several game days uh, recently. So I played a whole bunch of games, but recently we just played two more games of Betrayal Legacy. Oh. And so we are in Betrayal House on the Hill Legacy. And we've been we started before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. so you know we were making good times in pandemic we didn't play at all and then we've 
just now started getting back to it. We have one more game to go. Oh, and man. If you, if you like betrayal things, you know, I mean, I love Battlestar Galactica and I, we actually just played that for, for my birthday. And I had perhaps the most epic reveal of any Cylon ever. It was beautiful. We still lost, but it was beautiful. Just moral victory for me, but that kind of, you know, betrayal mechanic, which I, I enjoy. So the legacy betrayal is really good. It's just the way it rolls things out. And as you go through time, the stories start to connect to the time period. Like the, we just had one that involved um, aliens and it fit with the time period of the aliens. And uh, I'm happy to say that I was working with the aliens and yes, we probed all of my friends (laughs) and yes, we won. Whereas the previous one that we did, we got to the end and I, you know, the character that I was using then, he had just, there was a place on the map where I could sacrifice some sanity to get stronger. No. And I was like, well, that sounds good. So I was at the very bottom of the sanity, at the very bottom of the knowledge track. And you, you don't die during the first half of the game, but second half of the game, when those stats drops below, you're yeah. dead. So I was just pumping this thing up and I was at max strength. And then the thing happened and it was a time uh, we were in the, uh, the the right time period for you know radiation to be the big scare and there was a radiation thing going on that we're dealing with and so and we didn't know who the traitor was it could have been any of us we just we literally didn't know we were trying to figure out who's the traitor also not die from radiation and so there's like these syringes and you can get people to help you and they go right into your heart and it goes right into your heart if you're the traitor you just get more powerful if you're not the traitor you're just not dying from radiation but the problem was if I took any radiation damage, I was going to die, period, because I was already almost dead because of my mental stuff. But I was really strong. And there was a guy there. I was like, you know what? I got a one in five chance that you're the actual traitor here. And I have a bone saw, <laughs> did which you say I found that? somewhere. Did you which, say that you're ready? Did you go up to him and say, bone saws ready? <laughs> I, well, and <laughs> I was an experimentalist was my calling that time. So I just went right up to him and I said, I think you're a traitor. And I chopped him up. He was not the traitor. Oh. And, the, <laughs> and I was like, well, but now there's only four of us left. So now I got a one in four chance that I'm the traitor. So I'm going to go ahead and just stab myself in the heart with this syringe. And then either I will be roll really well mm-hmm. and cure myself or I'm the traitor and it's fine. And I was not the traitor. So I stabbed myself in the heart, used all my rerolls and just died. <laughs> so I walked over there. I bone saw the guy in half and then stabbed myself with a needle. He probably saw you stabbing yourself as his last bed of life drained from him. Yeah, it, it was... Um, <laughs> It was horribly played. That's hilarious. It was very fun. And so, uh, uh, it, but you got to have at least four people who can go through, I think it's 18 games. It's funny you should mention this game. I actually have it up here. I played through two of them and my gaming group wanted to stop. They're like, I don't know. I don't really get it. Because I think our biggest problem with the game is not having played Betrayal Legacy or Betrayal House on the Hill when we tried to get into these, we didn't really, when the trader was the trader, 
we did he the, the so far the two first two we played we didn't they didn't really understand what they were supposed to be doing and so finally one of my friends like i don't understand like I'm, what am i supposed to do with this particular thing we're like and of course our thing all said like oh you have to get this thing from this person or something we're like oh you're the one who has it okay well now we know exactly who to go after like it also is going to ruin the whole like experience of not knowing and stuff like that so we haven't had a very good experience with it yet we've only played the first two i think if we actually had played house on the hill a little bit before we played this we'd understand a little bit how these like trader mechanic issues in the game actually works because the game is solid because i love the fact that you're putting stickers on cards so they'll become your heirlooms like your they which is i don't know as the game progresses if this changes well you'll be happy to know that that bone saw was my family heirloom your heirloom Uh, uh, yes yes i'm the uh the house of power Mm. and every single character has been named some derivation of max i see so it's always what's your name max power max power so we've had max power you've had maxwell power power maximilian power who actually died in his sleep because he survived <laughs> three full games oh that's pretty funny and then if you play it again he was gonna have to be like 118 i was like okay that yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah. uh we had maxina power okay. uh we have maxiana power and thankfully uh she's not she didn't die last time which means i'll finish because i was out of max names which really? was going to be a tragedy at the last one was like Fred. <laughs> yeah. Might be fitting. Might want to change his family legacy. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, say change, change, the, make it a, a Lopez power. So it's low power. Low power. There you go. That's, yeah. that's, that was pretty good. That's, but, that's weird. But, so but, awesome. Not, yeah. So I actually, yes, you should get regular betrayal. Play it with your, with your friends. So you get the idea, then go back to it because I didn't actually join until the third game. And I think it was on game four that like stuff starts going wackadoo okay. in like the best the best kind of way okay. i'll have to give it a shot again because yeah i got it for i think i got it for christmas when it came out it's right up there and i just never really got back to it after we tried it a couple times and we've moved of course not that i don't have any other games to play back here or anywhere. <laughs> so it's not like we so this kind of what we'd rather play this I'm like okay and when it comes to my gaming group i'd rather just have them enjoy playing what they are because honestly i would play anything back here without any problem so if they choose something i'm like boom that's on the table let's go he's usually how we do it but. yeah all right but enough about what we oh what do you have on your table right now mac and Arcana. i just finished recording the final playthrough of that uh to eternity scenario and i right before we did this actually i just finished it so i'm going to work on getting it ready and i hope to have it up tomorrow Ooh, well that's quite good those are long edits yeah i got oh did i tell you about this new thing i got it's called time bolt you put see now i don't know how you record um i record everything on an iphone which actually could be a topic if you want to do it sometime um I, I think i showed you how i do everything um record all on an iphone but i do it all in snips so like when i'm recording something i'll record it then when i have to move the camera i stop and then i start stop and start stop and start some other people i know uh colin over one stop co-op shop he does one long stream to record and then he's moving his camera but it's still being recorded as it's moving it because he feeds his audio and his video into one machine where everything for me is just all on this so stopping and starting isn't a big deal but with time bolt is really cool because i can throw all the clips right into it and i can set up how much how much of the silence i want to be removed and everything so i run that through that gets rid of all the silence for that i have in the thing then i can put it into my iMovies and just tweak a little a couple of little things it actually has really increased my editing time which is oh really so cool. so you're for the people watching and listening like you're like this is boring but so 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 you can just put it and say if it's ever silent for more than two seconds cut it yeah and does does it like do um and you can put, put like, in 
transitions in between? Yes and no. You can have it do those. I don't. I let it, you can get it so you can either, it gives you one long video or you can give it every place it would have made a cut can make a clip. So I, it turns like your, it turns your one video into 70 clips. And then you can go through and if you see like, say you, say you have a part in there that you didn't want, you can, you can remove that clip. Like say it, it picked up yourself like banging like three things around or something, then that'll still be in there. You can click to just delete that. You can just delete that clip out and it squish them together. At least in iMovies, that's where I do everything. So it, it's a really cool program. I'm pretty oh, yeah. I'll have to definitely have to look into that. Sounds pretty cool. So those of you interesting in making videos, it's not a rocket science. And I strongly recommend everybody give it a shot. If it's something you're really into, don't be like afraid of it. It's really a fun experience and it doesn't take a lot to get into it. Like I said, I use my iPhone. So, I mean, if you have a, just a phone, that's really a good way to start. Um, all you need is that and really just a microphone and a small little tripod. And I use just a lapel little microphone for 15 bucks. So, I mean, it's easy to get into and it's a lot of fun to do. So there you go. There's my spiel on that. Now on to something else. Yeah. And so, and uh, what do I have on my table? It's still role player adventures. I'm actually debating depending on what time we finished tonight going and playing through the side quests or something. Um, but so to our topic, and I have no idea how long we're going to go on about this. It might go on forever. It might go on not, not at all. So we're talking about painting miniatures and games. And I, I was happy to have Baron on for this because it's his fault that I started doing this. Because now I used to paint. When I was in middle school, I played Warhammer fantasy battles mm -hmm. and I painted all of them and none of them were good at all, but they all on the table, it looked good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's it. Since then, I, I hadn't hadn't bothered, hadn't done anything. And I started getting more and more of the big miniatures heavy games that I was like really enjoying. Like I really liked Barnacle Bay. And I was like, gosh. Wouldn't it look better if I just had some paint on these things? It sure would. And I've been watching Baron's channel and seeing all this stuff that he does. And it's always painted. It looks really cool. So I messaged him one night. I was like, what do I need? And it was like a kid in a cancer. I was like, what do you need? Here's <laughs> a list of $150 of stuff. That's Go right. get it. <laughs> go get it that's your startup cost you know it does have a startup cost. you know every hobby or anything you really do does have that startup cost um i just like you started up by doing warhammer uh fantasy i actually have my orc goblin army and my empire army are both in those boxes way back there i have not played it since i think eighth edition stopped um that was when i think my friend and i quit because we got more into the board games. We got more into, that's when Myth came, which everybody on the planet, except I think me, really, really does not like. I love Myth. And so we got into that game. We got into, um, what's the other one? It's back here. Uh, cool Man You're Not. Uh, oh, what was it? The Arcadia Quest. We started playing that. Again, these had minis. And I was like, I know how to paint these. And so I started painting them. Now, like you said, I gave you a list of 150 things. Well, I mean, you need paint, you need brushes, you need all these things. But there's two, only a certain amount of things you do need. One of them is you need like to be able to prime a mini. You need to have, you either can go out and buy these spray primers or whatever that you get. I don't know where mine are, mine are back there somewhere. Um, but they, and if right now there's a new line of paints I'm really enjoying. But when I first started, I was just grabbing like black primer and I started using that. Um, then I wanted to make them brighter. So I got white primer. 
now all these it wasn't working the greatest it's gotten better as you go and i'm glad i'm able to talk about this because people can learn from my mistakes black primer is fine made the minis darker white primer is fine made my minis lighter uh, when i was doing world warhammer i went through several different armies that i did and the black primer was was great when i was playing undead oh yeah and it it was not good at all when i was playing uh, empire which is what i finished with yeah that's exactly what happened to me too. I was playing like orc goblins. Black was fine because I was playing like black orcs. I was playing, which I still painted green, but they would want to be wanted to be darker and like have like dirt and stuff all over them. So having that darker base coat was a lot was pretty cool. Um, now I use gray. Um, I use this stuff. It's this surface primer. And you're saying, but that's not a spray can. No, you're right. It's not a spray can. I don't use a spray can anymore because I've got an airbrush, which I only use for priming, which is kind of funny. Because you hear about all these people using airbrushes for things. I only use it to prime my minis. That's all I use it for. Unless something has one big color on it. Maybe I'll try to shove a color through it. But I just use it for priming. Otherwise, but I do still use spray paint a lot for other things. Like right now I'm working on dungeon terrain for my Dungeon Dragons group. So this was all done with just the spray can. Put it out in the garage, spray them. Make sure I got a mask on so I don't kill myself. And just prime them that way. But that's your first step figure out how to prime your miniatures yeah and the so i mean they guess that 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 is the the the, the first thing and as it's you know I've, I've spent significantly more money as i you slowly get through you get you know i don't know i think you, you got me to get 10 colors to start yep. and i have many many more actually but says someone was kind enough to give me for christmas actually last year a um just off of amazon instead of just you know miniature paints you know, they're, they're not, they're not great paints, but mm-hmm. they're a bunch of different colors and they're different shades of colors. Like you did different yellow and different red and, you know, did different greens and stuff, which is great because the more you get into it, the more you're like, yeah, but I just feel like it should be a little bit darker yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. So, so the, the, there's that, but the thing that, that you taught me right away, and I knew a little bit of this was there are kind of, in addition to just putting the color on the thing Mm -hmm. there's two techniques that you just need to learn right away and that is washing Mm -hmm. and also you should be washing um and dry brushing are the two things that you learn those two and with just putting paint colors on a thing dry brushing and washing your stuff will be at least good from far if not far from good that I, is very true. I actually, I used, my friend and I used to play Warhammer minis when we used to paint them. I used to call it my slop and drop approach. I would slop the paint on, put a wash on it, and then dry brush it and drop it on the table. That was all I would do. It's called slop and drop. I slop the paint out and dropped it on the table. Um, thanks to GW, uh, we now have one step turned into two, which works really well, which is when it comes to paints, what should you buy? Uh, for me, I have an entire line of army painter paints. Oh, now, before before you jump in, just so everyone you know, watching who doesn't know what the heck I was just talking about, so <laughs> that there is washing. There's a you can get paints. They're, they're they're called shades, and they're very think one for example. Yeah, for uh, people who are watching okay. you, you can you can it's see what uh, Baron's got. It, it's it's more like you would think of ink, yeah, as opposed to a paint. It's not very viscous, and the idea is you're you're going to put it on. And it's going to darken the color that you put on because you're going to use a darker shade. But the idea is it's going to fall down into the cracks and you're going to get start to get definition. And then dry brushing is pretty much the opposite. You're going to put some paint on a brush 
and you're going to get almost all the paint off of it. And then you're going to lightly brush it over the miniature. And then just on the things that are raised up, that lighter color is going to be on there. So what you're doing is you're kind of giving light and shadow and you're giving a bunch of definition to the miniatures. And it sounds like that makes no sense. But when you see it, suddenly they look like something. So um, I don't know if you see it, but the gray on this guy, for example, he's it was gray. Then I put black wash and then I dry brush white on top of it. I don't know if yeah, you can so, see it. And for those of you who are just listening, um, thing, it looks yes. great. Trust me, it looks great. <laughs> um, but so you, but, but those are pretty much the the techniques. And with those techniques, and with just you know a bunch of different a whole bunch of different brushes, a whole bunch of different brushes, yeah. um, you can kind kind of get started. Now you you're, you're about to move on to talk, talking about about some other things. I'll let you pick it up there. Oh sure. Hey, you know what you're talking about brushes. I'll tell you right now, the only brush I have is a Series 7 uh, Sable brush. It's the only brushes I will ever own again. I went through hundreds of different brushes. They're all lined up on this brush panel back here I have, and I don't use them. I just use my Series 7. It, they're kind of expensive, but ooh, so good. My favorite ones. Yeah, so like, 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 like board games, uh, it becomes a very expensive hobby. It does. It really, it, it, it's... What, what it, it's almost like when you kickstart a board game, it's like the initial drop cost of like getting an all in pledge and being like, oh my gosh, that really hurt. But once you get it, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got this forever now. I don't, it, it's something that maybe I'll get an expansion to later. Well, hopefully not if it's an all in pledge, but you get my drift. Like, cause you're going to drop a lot on brushes. You're going to drop a lot on um, just little things, which you wouldn't think you'd need. But it helps so much, like a, a water can. I got you can use anything you want. I got a little water can. Um, things to mix paint in. I mean, you get these at the local hobby store for like a buck. But just little thingies just start appearing in your thing. I mean, I'm looking around. I, I have like pliers. I've got little things I can hold minis on to paint them with if I want to. I've got. Then you're gonna start basing. You're gonna get little tufts of grass and stuff. So there's just it, it, once the once you do the initial cost, you can yourself pretty easily it's, it's just that initial cost it's kind of a big bummer yeah and i think you're about to talk about the contrast paint i think so yes, yeah go ahead uh, and that's part of the cost right there and when it comes to the paints what i would recommend is getting just one of every color a red a yellow a blue a green now gw makes four different greens four different blues four different reds four different i mean all these different things and you want to think about what you're going to be painting am i going to be painting people then you probably want a flesh color and then you're gonna want stuff that goes on them. One thing I do when I paint is I actually set up what I'm painting. So if I'm gonna paint her, I've got the card right next to me. And I'm looking at what she's got. And I'm gonna to try to make her look like this. That's gonna be my plan. So then I take the mini and I put it right up next to it and I start painting it until it looks like it's supposed to like that. You probably can't see it because it's too dark. But so when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, I need a red. It doesn't have to be the correct red that's on here. I've only got one red. It's which one is it? It's Blood Angels Red. It's the only red I own. And I just use that for all my red. So you just need one red, one blue, one green. Now, of course, that means you're buying one of each of these. It gets kind of expensive. But buy the paints you're going to use on your on what you're painting. That's really a big thing, too. Don't go buy, like, purple if you're not going to paint anything that has purple in it. Right? Yeah, and the uh, uh, where um, one of the things that, like I said, that I thought you were going to talk about was uh, there's something called the contrast paint now. Yes. Oh yeah, but is... explain what that is. Yes, of... yes. Oh, go. Oh, so, so, so take two. Take two, hey, here it goes. Hey, so hey, contrast... Remember when you were gonna tell us what a contrast paint was and how it's <laughs> yeah, a tool? Oh, yeah, it's this stuff. Uh, contrast paints are basically paints that have paint and wash together. 
So it does it both at the same time. So everything I paint now, I paint with contrast paints because I don't have to do the extra step of washing, which is a whole step gone. It's when you're painting, you're looking for ways to cut corners. You're looking for ways to manage your time. Uh, the more time you spend on mini, the less time you're playing the game. So if you can eliminate certain parts, that's great. And even if the, in what you're trying to get out of it can also save you time. If you're trying to paint a whole bunch of miniatures, maybe just one color might work. I know that you do that sometimes for like when you have a lot of minis, we'll, we'll just kind of paint one color with the, and then with the contrast paint and then uh, dry brush it to make it the recesses. Yeah. And so, uh, well, that, that's a great way to kind of slide. Well, I'll talk a little bit about the contrast paint. So yeah, and I, I buy a, mostly those, but there are those times where you know, I just want a slightly different color. And so I still do use this sometimes the washes out because I can get a different shade or a different color. But I always use at least some of those because it just it saves so much time. And I'm, I'm far more into saving time on it than, than Barrent is because one of the things that I do is I realized a while ago that I only really care about my heroes for the most part because they're going to be out on the board every single game. And the mooks, no one cares about the mooks. And so what I do with them is I, I will prime them. And originally I was just doing, I would wash them with black, the, the Nuln oil, oil, and then yeah. do a, a white dry brush on it. But recently when Barrett got me into Madara, which is a very deep pit, <laughs> I was looking at some of the, the mooks that are there that in some of the earlier ones are fairly monochromatic. The cave sickles are just mostly orange. The earth elementals are just mostly green and the water loas are just mostly blue. And so I just went out and I got some just shades that were blue and orange and uh, brown or green, I should say. And I just started doing so with just those colors and then doing a little dry brush. And suddenly I was able to paint all of those very, very quickly. And the same thing with the game Galaxy Defenders I just got, because that game is very specifically has green aliens mm -hmm. of certain types or you can get a blue alien of a certain type and that's pretty much all there is to it so suddenly i just was slapping the shade on there doing a quick dry brush of a lighter green or a lighter blue and suddenly in the span of an, an hour i had literally painted every single mook in the box and they don't look brilliant but they look they look fine and they got color and they're on the board yeah and it feels better to kill them that works, you know, that, as I'm saving the planet. I mean, I sadly, when you're talking about Galaxy Defenders, I painted Sword and Sorcery and I went kind of the same route, but not exactly. Now, of course, I need everything to look cool. So I sadly don't use your approach. I what I did instead is when you come the to the dark side, it feels real good. I uh, will see. I, I, ha I have one game that I have painted full on painted every single mini, and that is my Kingdom Rush. And that's it. And um, I bet it feels super good when that hits the table, doesn't it? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Come yeah. on. No, it does. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, the, at least those, yeah, you be quiet. <laughs> it is so much better. Oh, you love it. So, yes. The, the, um, and, if, and also the things we're talking about in these painting things, you can find YouTube videos. I honestly learned everything from watching YouTube videos. Of, oh, how do I do a wash? How do I do a dry brush? What are some different techniques that I'm, I want to like try to do? Hey, I want to paint this type of, I want to paint metal. How do I paint metal? I can buy a metal paint, but is that really what I want to do? You can even 
find things about that. Uh, and actually, GW is really good about putting out videos on how to do different things with paints. Well, one of my favorite things, I looked it up once, I didn't do it very well because I just didn't have enough colors at the time to do it. But I looked up this thing once, I was like, how, how do I make a hand look like it's glowing? And, mm. and, 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 and you can do that. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, you know, I looked it up and I watched it. It had something to do with, you know, you start, you paint it white, then you paint it orange, then you paint something over, then you put some green on there. And then suddenly it looks like your hand is glowing like a, like a torch. And it was, but it's amazing the things that people do, which is kind of one of the reasons why I keep doing it. Like I don't, I almost never take on a new technique. I almost never try to do something new and fancy, but every once in a while, I'm like, okay, YouTube. Yeah. I want the, I want my maze to have a glowing hand because he's going to be awesome. And then he's going to die in the first mission. You know, <laughs> that's exactly right. So, and so YouTube is a great resource. Um, another thing you have to remember is practice makes perfect. So the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. I know you're going to paint your first stuff and you're always going to be your harshest critic on yourself. If I go back and look at that, boy, I'll hit my little sign up here. Goblin army back there. I'm going to see stuff back there. Go, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But that actually goes to my next rule. Paint on, move on. If there's paint on that miniature, move on to the next one. Just don't, even if you come back to it three years from now and you got other minis you're supposed to be painting, don't go like, oh, you know what? I really wish I would have done this a little bit different. So I'm going to fix this. Don't fix it. You got paint on, move on. If the paint's on the miniature, move on to the next miniature. That I've always got, there's always something here that's got gray on it. So it's got to have paint. So if you've got paint on your mini and it's done and it looks decent, move to the next one. Yeah, and so no, we've both been, been talking about it. You, you much more emphatically than me. The size of you know, just get the paint on it. Why do we care? Well, that's a good question. Like because you know, and the immersion, the feeling looks so good. Because most of the time when you're playing these type of games, the creators have already gone out of the way to make these really cool looking, potentially map tiles. They may have some train already like kind of there on the map tile itself, or maybe it even come with like little chests or something, which are kind of cool. Sometimes you have to paint those too, but just having these little things out on the board. And then all of a sudden you've got gray minis out there. So all of a sudden you got this guy just plop down. This is who, this is who you're going to fight. You're going to fight this guy. Well, when they're looking like this, not only do they just have one color, nothing really stands out about this mini. Nothing like, it's not like once you get it painted and you're looking at it like, oh my gosh, he's got stitches all through here. And look at this, this thing right down here, there's like this person screaming out of this guy that's out of control. And so when you're painting these things, you're going to see those kind of things come to life and you can make them more come to life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, one of the reasons why, why I do is one, yes, that there is that for this game that I, that I really enjoy, I really enjoy it. And there's a, such this, this cool art. On, on almost all of these games and yet i just have this blob of gray just sitting there or in the case of, or, or maybe blue or whatever you usually gray mm -hmm. and for me i feel like i'm getting more out of and again the heroes because the, the way i i really you know this is gonna sound horrible but hey the mooks they're they're, they're faceless they're nameless i don't care you know and so they don't need definition you know get out of here you can go you can just die I need yeah. to learn your technique. I have to eventually learn your rule because there's some games out there that I have that aren't painted. And that's because they're just, I consider them unpaintable games. They're technically unpaintable, but you have made them paintable. Yep. Uh, for example, one of them is Project Elite is one of them. That is a tough one to do. I also did Reichbusters. That's another one. Why are these unpaintable? Because at one point you're eventually going to see so many minis on that board that I don't feel I have the ability to paint them 
enough to get them all done. If I'm playing a game like Madara, I can start with painting some of the earlier monsters because I know these are the ones at the beginning you're going to probably see. And so I can get them painted. Now, of course, I kind of failed on my folklore one because I painted a lot of the monsters, but I didn't get any of the uh, real big bad guys done. And also one appeared in the first mission. I was like, oh my gosh, really? But well, but, well, but you had them painted for the second one. I, that's how I actually have done Madara is I went through and then if I see a monster that I don't have painted, well, I play. And then I... Well, again, for the most part, I've done a little more of Madara. I've gotten a little bit clever because I will be painting like three. Yeah. Because only three of those new monsters shows up. So, but maybe, you know, my shade and a color, unlike the tail or, you know, like whatever. But to me, it's part of that, you know, the, the immersion, everything looks so cool. And then there's this blob of gray. But then even with just the basic colors, or in the sense, even if I've just done the gray paint, black shade. And then the, the dry brush that then, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, it's like they're just out there in the grayscale. They're the bad guys. They don't get color mm -hmm. evil, but you know, they still have something that it doesn't like stop your eye. Your eye can kind of flow through it. And I also feel like I'm getting more from my game because I'm taking that time to do the painting. Now that said, I enjoy doing the painting. I'm not good at it. Like I'm, I, I follow on Instagram, a couple of painters that are just, incredible so like many this, out there that are just bonkers good yeah like even to the point where like you know you, they'll have like specks in the eyes you know like just incredible <laughs> stuff i don't paint eyes i don't i just put the the, the flesh color it just goes right in the eyes <laughs> yep yeah just let, let 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 the shade go in there um i do sometimes paint the eyes on uh for a friend of mine streamland matt i've been painting some of his uh marvel united and well, so they for the, got the big eyes. Yeah, big eyes. I can get in there. And so sometimes I still miss. I painted Howard the Duck. And he's got one eye that's going forward, one that's like going to the side. But you know, <laughs> I wasn't going back. I was like, hey, he's done. He's done. Paint on, move on. That's the he's, one. He's a duck man. He has that power. Mm -hmm. But I have actually found, and you know, this will be uh, kind of the next question is, you know, your experience actually painting. I find painting to be a very calming experience. It's something that I have started doing if I'm upset or frustrated, you know, about work or whatever. Sometimes I say, you know, what? I'm going to, and, and I have to force myself to do it because it's not something I think about. I'll, no. I'll, you know, I turn on like something on TV that's just kind of background. I'll look at everyone and I'll just spend an hour or two, paint a few things. And it's just enough for me focus that I can't just, I have, I, I can't uh, dwell on whatever's bothering me because I got to mm -hmm. focus a little bit. But I don't have to focus so much. I'm not thinking about anything, but just enough focus to where it's, I find it very calming and very, very, very relaxing. So that's that's the other part of it for me. Is like you know I want to, I can just calm, relax, calm down, focus on something, and then come out of it feeling like I've done something. So yeah. it's not like I just gone to you know punched into or cried into my pillow for two hours. You know, at least you know maybe I cried my tears into my contrast paint. That's okay. But. Now I have a mini that I can kill. <laughs> With your tears on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so what, 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 what's, what's the experience, experience for you? Because you know, you've been painting a lot it's longer than similar. I have. It's very similar. Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you say, when I step back, I know I've done something. I, it's, I found this to be a hobby that, like you said, 
it's so gratifying to see it's similar to it in a way it's kind of like having playing an xbox game and all of a sudden your gamer score thing pops up boom you just got 10 gamer score cool i did something kind of thing but this happens all the time as you're painting you're getting to the point where like and when it finishes you look back and you're like i did that it's fantastic or i did that it looks like absolute blue but you know what it was fun to do. And like you said, I kind of put something on in the background where I don't have to pay attention to it. And like you said, don't have to fully pay attention to what's going on here. But it's still enough that it it takes me away from everything that's happening around. Um, and I usually only do it at night after my kids and my wife have gone to bed anyway. So again, it's kind of my time to just be by myself and enjoy something that I like to do. And it's something that I accomplish something like you said it's and I know that these are going to look really cool when my wife comes down to play the game with me and she'll be like I'm going to be that girl I'm like oh you mean this one she's like oh my gosh I love the way you did like she looks so cool she's got all these things I'm like well yeah and she kind of and then it. you and then Baron says she doesn't look as cool as you sweetie that's right you stole my line that I got to remember <laughs> <laughs> and but then she'll probably look at you and say shut up <laughs> she'll roll her eyes and, and that'll be about it yep that'll be she'll be, probably say barf too is probably what you say but yeah it, it it's it is it's gratifying and once it's done you have these things and you can use them it's not like they just sit on a shelf either and that was my problem i think with warhammers i painted all these armies but how often do i actually play not very often where i can now all of a sudden i can i can take this character i can take this box right here i'm gonna go play this game wild ascent and i'm gonna go play with her right now I don't need anybody with me because it, it can be played solo. And so I'm, I'm, I've got, in, you can almost say you get instant gratification once it's done because you can go play it. I don't have to schedule a time with my friend to play Warhammer or schedule a time to play with my friend to play a game because most everything I have that involves minis usually is at least a solo experience. And a lot of times we're recording it too. And I just think it looks so much better. Yeah. It looks cool. I mean, it when you're zooming in on these guys and they're and you're moving around the board they look cool they fit the atmosphere they fit where you are now the now the other thing i wanted to just talk briefly about before we kind of move into our uh re review game this week is i want to talk about the games that are kind of a bit of a hybrid and i'm thinking of gloomhaven and i'm thinking of dungeon alliance immediately because for both of those games, the only miniatures you have are the heroes. And then Gloomhaven has standees, and then Dungeon Lions has flat tokens that have the art already on them. Now, for me, I love the way that... Oh, and also, um, Adventure Tactics does it, too. Um, yes. yes, they do. I love it. And I'm going to be really weird and say that I love the way that Dungeon Lions does it the most, because, yes, it's still a two-dimensional and is flat on the ground but then all you see is the art whereas with the standee sometimes you get you look at the side and you just get that kind of you know cardboard look but that's you know i, I like how i like the way just having the standees too because now i have the same thing as i scan my eye all i see is the art and in those cases i'm seeing literally what the artist intended not my nonsense that i'm putting out there right well, I, mean, I still have the investment in painting the minis, yeah. which makes me feel more you know, kind of attached to what I'm doing. And I feel worse when they die, except for one of the two characters. I'm like, gosh, you look horrible. I, I hope you die. Would you just die? You look terrible. Why, why, why did he paint you yellow? What an idiot, you know? <laughs> or else he did with Gloomhead, like, oh my gosh, this guy better retire now. Please just retire him. 
be done with this guy. I uh, yeah, I I don't mind those games. Actually, I would prefer something like that versus an unpaintable game I was just talking about, just because it's harder for me to see. It's almost like it's when you get overwhelmed by minis that the block happens. That's to me when my block hits. When I'm like looking at my painting table and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many of those guys. I have to paint them all. And I just, it hurts me to go to do that. And that's not something I want when I go to paint minis. I want to go enjoy the fact that, I'm, oh, I get to paint this dude. It's going to be awesome. And when he's a hero, like you're saying, I'm going to paint the tinkerer. That's going to be fantastic. I'm going to make him look cool. And he's going to have these cool goggles and everything. And it, it, it's, and then you go get to use them again. Like I said, right away, you're not having to paint all other 32 people before you can play the game. Not that you have to, but if you want it all to be cohesive, you'd have to. I, I don't mind at all. I, I have no problem with that. I, I enjoy it. I think that's one of the hardest things with uh, games like Forbidden Fortress, uh, Shadows of Brimstone, is not only are you painting them, you got to make them. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. So that's another one. I have Infinity Defiance, which is a game that when I when I probably get through it, I'm, prob I'm probably going to send you to borrow. <laughs> you can't have it. <laughs> to borrow so you can play it. But what I actually do with that is because that they're, they're those are metal minis, Oof. which are their own thing. So I put the heroes together and they also come with these little, maybe uh, smaller than a quarter size tokens with all of them on there as well. All the enemies, all the characters are on there as well. And some of the NPCs you get are only there unless you've got like the big pledge or whatever, which, which I don't have. Sure. And so as I'm, and I'm doing the playthrough on, the, on my, on the channel, all the bad guys, I just use the tokens anyway. Like that's it. I, I, I didn't bother to put those things together because boy, that is a job in itself, putting those things together and, Metal and how, how they would fit in the box. And then I actually, because in this particular game, you're able to use all these miniatures, all of them in infinity, which is like, you know, Warhammer, but a different system. Uh, like Warhammer fan, uh, Warhammer 40k, just yeah. you know, the difference is the same type of thing. People want those minis like really, really, really badly, and so I was able to send those minis that I'm never going to make and put together to somebody who was just mm -hmm. thrilled. And you know, they paid me a, a little bit, but that they were they would have were going to offer to pay me over a hundred dollars for these things because that would still save them. I was like, no, no, oh my god, no, 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 I can't take that from you, and that that would have been a good deal for them. But like, I don't want to put these things together, but they wanted to. And I, I asked them, I said, okay, look, I'm going to send you these. No, I'm not charging you near that much. I cut, you know, cut that by a th two thirds. If you send me some pictures of them when you put them together and paint them. That's it. That's all I cared about. That sounds like an awesome deal. And then he put these things together and he sent, sent them to me. Like, it's amazing. And like, I'm so glad I sent these to him because now one, he's clearly has this thing that he gets to truly love and enjoy. Yeah. And he was actually ironically able to get a copy of Infinity Defiance without any of the minis. Because someone had bought it simply for the minis and oh. then sold the rules. So I was able to send him all the bad guy minis. And so it's just, you know, but, but put, you know, the point is putting them together. Yeah. It took me so long, especially the metal ones, because I had to buy a whole kit. So I yeah. could file off the edges yep. and like tweezers to make sure I hold the stuff right and little yep. snips and crimps and oh. I've got all that. <laughs> And not only that, I've got this little thingy right here that I had to use in sewing metal minis. Um, it's, uh, I think it's over here. Yeah, here it is. It's my drill press. I mean, it's like a physical drill that you could that you hold and then you can like 
slowly dig into it and then you can put then you can pin these things so you get like pieces of metal in you glue the metal into the metal so it's like sticking out like this and then it can go it's almost like you're putting a puzzle together but metal minis are oh, they're just oh and i i stay as far away from metal minis as i can that's now, isn't kingdom death all metal no it's all plastic oh this is plastic everything yeah, and- is plastic. now sadly i took it a step farther because this is my lifestyle game um since in that game you can change out you you can change your person based on what they're using and he actually of course poots designed it so that you can actually make your character look like what you're holding well sadly he only gave you enough body parts or whatever to really only make four survivors but then he gave you all the weaponry and arms and stuff to make items. so whenever i get a new one i actually started learning how to magnetize minis which i think i have back here with these little teeny magnets that you then drill into their heads or into your their arms and you glue them in there. Actually, I think I have a video on it somewhere. I don't know. I'd have to dig it out somewhere. I don't just don't I'm- just don't get the poles wrong because then, then you just have this arm like rocketing off. That, yeah, it's funny you should say that. You know how hard it is to dig a magnet out of something that's been glued in there? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, that game is all plastic and it's super, it, Once, it, but if you wanted them to be who they are, it would take you a little bit. So if you ever watch my Kingdom Death playthrough, you'll see I do actually redo arms and stuff on those. And it's a, that's a that's another another video in itself how to magnetize minis. But same with uh, Forbidden Fortress or the Shreds of Brimstone. They're all plastic, but they're not assembled. And I don't mind assembling because again, I came from a Warhammer background, probably similar to you. And I actually enjoy it. Actually, as another part of the hobby that I enjoy, I actually enjoy clipping them out of the little sprues that you get them in, which is what right back here. I think I got some. Um, these are from uh, Dungeons and Lasers I got for my Dungeons and Dragons group. You clip my little sprues, you glue them, then you can file them down so you get rid of all the little edges, and then you glue them together. I think I put together a whole group of people I was watching a football game one day with my wife. She was more watching the football game. I just worked on these little minis and putting them together, gluing them together. It's pretty fun. I enjoy it. So I'll tell you, you know, Shadows of Brimstone is interesting because I've watched some of your stuff though i'm less interested in the forbidden fortress the, the kind of the old west ones more interesting to me because i don't you know have any games it's like funny, that. i'm just the opposite i did not like the. i was like eh. but the forbidden fortress one I was like oh i love that theme yeah and so but like just putting it all together i'm like oh my gosh i don't want to do that so i'm already pondering I'm like okay so if i ever get a copy of that i make the heroes mm-hmm. and then can i come up with a way to just make my own little tokens so i can just put them out there Black. just proxy proxy and something you have you proxy get it that's an option oh I, it's, yeah, I would never do it but i'm no. just saying you can and it's something <laughs> he said, i would never do it if you want to play a horrible game you can do it uh, but, but again now you're looking at do i want to again we're going with the time concept do you want to spend the time of punching or clipping out gluing all these minis together so that you have them for shadows of brimstone or if i've already got a set of crossbow dudes from another game and i'm supposed to be fighting this like yellow white yellow based uh crossbow people i could just use these they are crossbows you can do it yeah no i i, I think i you know no but i mean like making tokens like for infinity defiance that oh, are just yeah, literally just get you can get, print something out yeah just yeah i'm thinking you get get the art and put them on a washer you totally can i mean you got the you know, the art comes with the game you can just print it you could take a picture of it print yeah it out. i mean you print know it, you could find a picture of it online if you wanted to not I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll never play with me, but, you know, with those. I would probably never talk to you again. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> but here's the thing about it, though. Here's the thing. It's like, 
as much as I said, you know, I really enjoy actually doing it and making it right now to me, the assembling is just a field too far. Cause it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I've taken the time to put it together. Ah, oh, I did it. I did all this. So now I can paint it. Yep. Crap. Step one of three. <laughs> yeah. Put it together. Step two, paint it. Step three, get to finally play. Yeah. And so, but you know, so we'll, we'll, so it's why I haven't ever pulled the trigger on Shadows of Brimstone. I almost have them. Like, oh gosh, there's so many things put together. Uh, I talked to Colin about Shadows of Brimstone. He actually had the original one and he sold it because he got sad after putting all these minis together and playing it. He's like, I just, I, there's no fun anymore because it took me so long to get this to the table. I'm not having any fun. He said, mm-hmm. and which it can totally be. Um, that's why that kind of game isn't for everybody. Now, if you look at Kingdom Death, which we'll talk about probably for the rest of the time now, that game, you, you're all when you're you are putting things together, but you're not putting a lot together. Shadows of Brimstone's a whole nother ball of wax. You're getting four, like you said, your four heroes, sure, put them together, but then you got to put like the eight skeletons. And because you never in that game, you never know what you're going to draw. You can kind of manipulate it because you can put certain threat decks together to get certain. You'll have only this, like I only play with the monsters I have painted, but you there's an astronomical amount of monsters that you can make and paint for this game. Um, and then you just play with whatever ones you want, put into this deck of cards that's totally different so that at least limits the amount that you have to paint if you want to do it that way now kingdom death you're building four survivors you're building a white lion you want to paint them you can but that's all you're doing for the beginning for probably your first who knows even two to three maybe even four plays you're good to go you make your four survivors you don't have to do what i do you don't have to be out of control meet me at the table barren and magnetize your minis and remake them every time they get new equipment you can just keep using that same miniature and your gear grid is already just, it has what it has. And, really. and you'll just know that your survivors are living alive. If that's okay with you. And <laughs> I know the tabletop simulator, a lot of the times that was when, like when they were first coming out for kingdom death, that's what they did. They just had that initial survivor and that'd be the deal. That'd be what you have. Um, but then, then you have the one line you put together. So if you're okay assembling that and playing, it's not as bad as you'd think. All right, so that, that kind of brings you. So we're, we're going to move into the game we're going to talk about today, which is Kingdom Death Monster. Before we do that, we have to do our sponsor bump. And so the previous six episodes were sponsored by Sovereignty Digital Tabletop, and they were kind enough to re-up. And so no longer do you have to watch that infomercial that we've had for the past six episodes. For the next six episodes, we have this incredible commercial which barrett actually helped us make and so check it out right now and now a word from our sponsor play some games i just can't play games with you today not tonight they just dropped far cry 6 and i i need to get into that yeah nah mate sorry i gotta put those prawns in the barbie ah uh, no. No, no i i don't think we can there's like a there's a football game on right yeah, yeah. we gotta play football yeah. yes yeah but I've got that really important unboxing of Spider-Man Uno. Look, it says it's fast and fun for everyone. I wish I could, but I have rehearsal. I would. Just one small problem. You're 5,000 miles away. Yeah, sorry, man. I can't. I'm heading over to the Milk Shack today. They are having a sale to die for. Uh, tonight's the night for my noggin waxing. Sorry, I can't. I have to water my artificial plants. I guess no one wants to play games with me. Hey, you want to play some board games? 
how do I do that? There's a whole community of people waiting to play with you. Really? I can come right now? Right now, but particularly on Tuesday nights. Okay, let's go! <laughs> Sovereignty. Play board games in a 3D environment on any device. Play smarter. You can find more information about Sovereignty in the description of this podcast or video. All right, and so welcome back, everybody. And in addition to the usual, you can find information about how to sign up for Sovereignty and join their Discord, where you can find people to play games and teach you games. We also have a special Hungry Gamer trial platinum membership that you can have for free. If you go down, check out the code, the promo code down in the description for either the podcast or the video, and that'll be good for... I believe it's 30 days of platinum membership, though it might be 90 days of platinum membership. My brain is farting right now. But one of those, which pretty much means you can play all the games, any game you want. There is also free options, but hey, free platinum is free platinum, right? <laughs> I would love some free platinum. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, some free Bitcoin along with that. I'd love a free Bitcoin too. That'd be amazing. You just won. We're not greedy. I could buy a couple of games of that. Yeah, right. Think of all the Kickstarters you get with one Bitcoin. All of them. Or like, you know, two Kingdom Deaths. That's about it. Yeah. But so we are talking today about Kingdom Death Monster. Now, Barrett is the expert on this game. Now, I have played this game two or three times on Tabletop Simulator and another two or three times actually in person. I have actually played it in person. A buddy of Streamline Matt's, he had it. He loved it. Like he was doing the whole thing. He was magnetizing. And he was in the process of doing all the magnetizing and putting all these things together. And he was even 3D printing like the, the stone heads you can stand on. He 3D printed those things, wow. like just going a full bore. And so he was playing it. And so like, okay, let's go try it. So we, we played, I think, three, three hunts or so in a row. And so, so I have a, a good working knowledge of it. But Baron, just real quickly, tell everybody, well, what is Kingdom Death Monster other oh. than a money pit? It, it is probably the most expensive game I own. Uh, it also, I would say it's a boss battling Civ Builder is what it is in its core mechanics. Um, you're fighting usually this boss that you're going to gain resources that you're going to bring them back to your settlement and you're going to try to develop an entire settlement to last a certain amount of years and get to hopefully the end of the adventure that is inside kingdom death one of the allures of kingdom death is you this story is pretty vague and it's really you're making your story as you go and there's a lot of these little events that happen that kind of create this this world for you uh that has been created these and the, like i said the settlement is really your your big thing you're gonna have these survivors are gonna fight against these bosses but their gear can continue on if they die uh, sure, the survivors will get some perks and things as they go forward. So the longer they live, the better they become. But just because you lose a survivor doesn't mean it's the end of the world. As long as that civilization is going. So keep it growing, keep it going is really the name of the game. Boss builder or boss battling civ builder is what I like to call yeah, it. And, and so when you talk about you know, it's a civ builder, like it really is down to the, the technologies that you're building. And then now, and I will say a lot of the technology that you can get are dark and it can be very, very, very gruesome. Like a lot of times... Bloodletting is one of the technologies yeah. you can get is um, bloodletting. Graves is right. one. And sometimes you get access to technologies by dying. Right. I believe it's after the first person actually dies, you get access to something. Yeah. Think. You choose the way that your civilization wants to deal with death. Do you want to be cannibalistic or do you want to bury your dead? They're the two different options you have. 
And, and it's not I, spoiling too much because it's the first time it ever happens. And the interesting thing about this game is it's hard to spoil because there are so many different things that can happen in this game with the different things you draw out of these event decks. Uh, as you go through it and you're going on hunts, you may trigger different events that could happen into your settlement. So that's, I think, one of the allures that a lot of people like about this game. And if you don't know what Kingdom Death is, I'm kind of surprised. I think if it wasn't for the theme and the dark and adult uh, theme of this game, I really think it would be probably the number one game, if not maybe two behind Gloomhaven. I really think that it just turns a lot of people. I know there's of the, uh, when I when I brought this game up at the one-stop co-op shop, two people don't want to play it because it just has that too dark a theme. Yeah, and, so let, let's kind of talk a little little bit about that. So the, the core story of the game is that in, in the world, you the four survivors have awoken or whatever in the darkness, except for this like one lantern and all the horrors around there, you're slowly kind of building the civilization. But there's, you know, you've mentioned the lion that you start with. Yeah, okay, fine. There's a lion that you fight. But there's increasingly creepy and horrific monsters that you will be fighting and increasing challenges that you'll fight that will do horrible things to these these players now but, but, but the, these survivors now i'm going to stop here real quick and just say we're going to talk a little more about kind of the stuff that happens just be warned like some of this stuff is very very dark so just everyone spoiler or, or disclaimer some of this <laughs> stuff is super dark and gruesome and if you are a young child you probably have turned this off well you stumbled on this by mistake but you know, parents, maybe not for, for young children. If a young child stumbled on this, he's passed the spot a long time ago back when we were talking about painting. He's already gone on to something else. Like yeah, that. I know. But so the things can happen. You know, people get, get beheaded. People get castrated. You know, there's just limbs are chopped off. You know, people get there. There was one the thing where someone's arm suddenly like turned into metal or you know, their, their head was turning into metal or a helmet or you know, yeah. all these horrible things. And then like, you're often deciding what's going to happen. When the last one I played in person, I, my character was like the hero of the fight and then came back and was immediately murdered. Like immediately, you know, there's murder. And then we didn't, we didn't catch the murderer. And so we had, we knew that in two years, someone else is going to be murdered. I mean, this is dark stuff. And you mentioned, you can become a cannibal. You can say, you know what? Mm -hmm. uh, someone dies, we're going to eat them. That's what we're going to do. I mean, yeah, these are heavy things, and then some of the artwork—it's very, very graphic. Yes, uh, and and not just a female nudity. There is male nudity, and again, this horrible, horrific stuff that's going on, which is portrayed, and so that is a big thing, and that is both for many people an attraction of the darkness of it, and a detraction. Like I know my myself, I don't. It's one of the well, the price it's is really wide for you, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's just a little bit more than I generally want, especially if I'm going to put in that much money, that much time, mm -hmm. you know, for me. But I know like yourself, you love it. My friend Mark Dante, he he loves it. Um, and I've got every expansion for him all up here. Not all of them are built. Some are in a box up there. I still need to build and put together. Um, you, you know, I'm still mad at you. Did you did not use the dung beetle night in your playthrough? I, it may come at some point. I, if those of you that don't know, I did do a full playthrough of Kingdom Death on my channel. It was a blast. I had never thought I'd get a chance because I tried to play it with two different groups and both groups, it didn't really click with them. And it had nothing to do with theme and stuff. It was just like the concept of the game. It wasn't something they were into. Uh, and so I was really sad because this was like something I was really looking forward to. 
And I think the one that really got my wife turned off was when we went to, there's like this event where you can have intimacy and then that's how you're going to be able to have kids. And she rolled the die and her character died. And she, we, the concept was new to them that the civilization was more important than the character. And so they're really, really sad. And she said, I'm not playing this again. She ripped up her character and walked away. So I'm done. I'm like, but there's like 20 more lantern years. <laughs> nope, done. I'm like, oh, okay. So, it, but anyway, got all these things up here. Well, need- well, actually, I'm going to jump in. That, that's all, that is one of the other things that people love and hate about the game is it is brutal. And you're rolling 10-sided dice and they are not forgiving and you very easily can you know get knocked down by by a hit take an injury roll a one and you are dead dead like the sometimes when you're going to the hunt i actually watched one of yours is one of my favorite you got to the hunt and two or three of you were already dead already dead already so that can be frustrating like i knew if i went back to that campaign in two years someone else is going to be dead and we, like we just knew that was going to happen. You're constantly trying to cycle through these new survivors. But one of the clever things the game does is you get a bonus if you name them. Yeah. And so now it's making you perhaps come a little more attached to it. And then when he dies, then it's even worse. Exactly. But I mean, if you watch mine, I actually used the book series to name all my characters. At I was, but I have to admit, I lost so many characters in that playthrough. I was super struggling for work for names. I was like digging through my phone, like trying to find a name that was part of those book characters because I I knew a lot of them because I grew up reading the series. But all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to find some names because I'm running out. Yeah, and well, and 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 you've promised that the next time you do one, you, you will create the the hungry survivor that fights with fist and tooth and eats anything he or she That's gets a chance plan. to. That's my plan. And I plan to come back to it, like I said, when the gamblers just. So this game is an evolving game, and it always seems to be new stuff coming out for it. He's done two, three Kickstarters now, and the third Kickstarter is still being produced and sent to us. And so when part of it gets here, I'm planning to come back to this game because it's supposed to be a full new, exciting thing to add to this game. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, he always is improving it. He's always uh, impro- uh, even making like spelling errors he's adding cards like he'll send you packs of cards that can you can kick out the old cards to make it better or he's finding out that something's not balanced so he's kicking those cards out putting in new cards uh things like that he's finding that something's too powerful so he's scaling it back he does a really good job of keeping this like really a tight tight system and a tight fun game which is really one of my draws of this game there's really nothing that's that you can get that's gonna be super powerful there's nothing that you can get that's not something you really wanted to get does that make sense it's a living game as far as he's concerned, at least for now. And I think part of the other thing that I do find fascinating is the ways you can develop the civilization, but their technology, like in the sense of I'm thinking of weaponry and stuff and all the different things like you're, as you're fighting something, you'll find those, it'll say, if you have a spear, get this bonus. Or if you have a whip, get this bonus. And you're like, well, I'm going to fight that again. I better, I better go figure out how to make a dumb whip. Yep, and find someone who can use a stupid whip or yep. whatever it may be and i think that is the probably the coolest part of the game is it's not or it doesn't seem like it's about necessarily winning the first fight i mean clearly you don't want to die because that's just always bad everybody dies but dying's not fun it's about doing that fight and then learning what you can about what you're fighting so the next time you do it you can do better yes that's exactly that's that's a really good point 
because every because you're going to fight the same creature a few times. You're not just going to fight different ones every time. And it's kind of an advantage to fight the same one many times. You're getting a lot of the same resources to be able to build up, like you're saying, these spears, these armor, this uh, certain powerful sword that I needed so many of this resource from this monster to build. Uh, but you needed it because you could tell that as you're fighting it, some of these cards are coming up that are telling you you need, like you get a bonus, like you said, if you're attacking with a spear. Well, like I get a spear. Well, I know if I kill this thing and I get these two resources, I can get a spear because I've I've got that card, the technology card that shows me all the different things I can build because I killed the monster with these resources. It's pretty neat. You get all these resources. That's like my favorite part. You get the resources. You get to build the weapons and the armor and all the different like items that you can bring into the combat, which is pretty cool. And the I think the the other thing I, I feel like everything I, that I'm talking about is stuff that you would love or hate. So, you know, just, just kind of either way. The other thing that, that I, well, actually, I both love and hate is every time you hurt the monster, you're going to draw a card. And now I will say, I hate the trap. Just period. There's always a card. If you draw the card, doesn't matter how good you did, you're just screwed. So, oh, that one makes me mad. Now, I, I'm not sure if I really hate the trap or if I just hate it because it comes up. Because I, I will admit there are times when I've been watching your playthrough, I'm like, oh, it's going to be the trap. And I'll be like, yeah! And other times, like, oh, poor guy, it's the trap. So, so there's that. But along with that, as I was talking about, the cards are different things. Like, for example, you might have a, a bone sword, which is a great, it's a great weapon, except it's also kind of fragile. Ooh. And sometimes you will hit something that's just super dense, and you just you break it because you shouldn't have hit that. But at the same time, sometimes you hear a thing where it'll say, you know, I, I think that the the butcher was one where if you happen to kill it on that card. That was the killing blow. Then you get even extra stuff. Yes. And yes. so it, it's always playing with your emotions. Every time you flip a card, there's always some tension of, oh, please just don't be the one thing. Don't be the one thing. And then it's the the you know, the, the good one. You're like, oh, my God. So it very much kind of plays with your emotions, which, again, is very swingy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people, some people don't like that at all. Right. But if it seems like as you've leaned into it that if you're willing to lean into that it's just super super exciting yeah i just i think everything that i'm i'm also i mean i'm excited for my survivors to do something as i'm excited for the monster to do something and something else we didn't talk about is the fact that whenever you fight the monster a lot of the times they kind of have the same kind of way of fighting but you a lot of times might not see the same type of cards coming up on how it's going to react to you because when you make the monster, you only take a certain amount of the cards and you put them together to create their deck that they're going to fight against you with. And as you're killing them, you're removing these cards, some you're never going to see. So again, when you fight them later, that card you discarded when you wounded them might come back in a different fight than you've never seen a card like this. Like, uh, I, I know, I think I fought, I want to say it was probably the antelope. I think I fought him like six times or something. And all of a sudden I flipped over a card and I'm like, I mean, I I was I was like I don't even I've never seen this card before. And it's about to do what to me? Oh, it's gonna headbutt me! So it's charging at my guys, smacks them across the board. I was like, I've never seen it do that before. That was pretty awesome. It's like I said, I'm cheering for the monster as I'm cheering for my survivor at the same time. When I draw the trap, it's kind of fun. You get to see what happens to your guys. I guess I don't mind that. I, I think that's a, it is an allure to me. I'm not a person that is opposed to losing people. I think that's part of the game and it's part of the fun. Yeah, I think the other thing that, that really made me like the game more than I did. I, 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 this is a game that I immensely appreciate what it is. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't love Great it. Great way to say it. Appreciate, yeah. Um, you know, but when we played, uh, I got to join you and Peter on the stream. And 
the last time, the thing that we fought was this weird spider, creepy looking thing that even just to hurt it, it was completely different than everything else because we had to be, well, underneath it, but on top of it, literally on top of it to hurt this thing or to be in the blind spot, you know, whatever it was, something like that. But it was completely different than everything else. And that was an eye-opener to me. It was like, because I've seen a lot of the different minis and what they look like. But then to see that when I know when I fight this, like it makes sense on what the mini looks like. It changes how the combat works. And so that to me is something that's exciting as you're going through. And which is why I'm still mad at you for not bringing up the dung beetle night, because I want to see that gigantic ball of dung rolling around the board. Um, yep. I, I, when I did the original, and play, you better paint that ball of dung. Oh, you bet. You know, I'm well, probably be brown anyway. And some I, uh, corn in there, please. <laughs> I, when I did the original playthrough, I, of course, just want to show the core. So if people went in to buy the core, they could see the experience they were going to get. That, of course, was my goal. Um, when I come back to it again, I would probably put up a vote as to what people want, other than the Dung Beetle Knight, because that's probably going to be thrown in there. Because I, I will yeah. find you. It's a request <laughs> I, I, I will turn into Liam Neeson. And I will show up at your house. Um, and so for anyone, the, the reason the reason that I am so passionate about the dung beetle night is because that is the most ridiculous sounding thing I've ever heard. And it doesn't sound scary. And I want to see how that thing is terrifying. Yeah, I, I do too. I honestly have. And that's kind of the cool thing I'm doing now with Peter is we did throw a couple expansions in because I have never fought these. And I am a person that doesn't like to have things spoiled. So I haven't seen any playthroughs of these particular monsters either. Every time I'm playing a new one with Peter, I have never played it. I actually have to take the rule book out and read a little bit before we play it, just so I have an idea of kind of what it could do. I don't look at any of the cards. I have no idea what any of these cards are. I have no idea what it's going to do when we fight it. But I do need to know the, the little mechanics it has on top of it. Like you were saying, we have to stand underneath this thing to hit it. I was like, well, I would never even have thought that was the deal and the wouldn't have read the rules on it and each monster yeah, but but the cool thing about that though is like having seen the mini which you don't see in the tts yeah. like it makes sense mm -hmm. and that that to me was what was very eye-opening and, and, and cool to me yeah. for people um, that don't know and it, it, it's a giant spider and actually the head of the spider sits i would say about that high off the board and it's it about for those people just listening he's at like six inches or something six like inches that. off the board and it actually has these spider legs that go out from it like a good it's another six inches up and then 12 inches down or something it's like a good standing miniature and so yeah you could actually get your characters underneath there when you're moving them around on the board which is pretty cool would be will be terrible for your channel <laughs> you just said you just can't i don't know that. how i would do it i'd be amazing because i, I, I kind of pride myself on making sure you're kind of in on the action but you're fighting this huge like two foot long monster it'd be like this overhead shot or something <laughs> i don't know how i would even do it now I do because everything I've been talking about for me because this this is such a as I've said like five times now this is such a good and bad at the same time game for me like just everything that I've said like I can absolutely see someone say oh my gosh that sounds horrible no 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 no, no. now I will talk the two things to me that uh, I, I will single out as things that I think are really something to really pay attention and think about if this is exciting to you so my 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 two quibbles here one. Is it's expensive as heck? Even mm -hmm. just the core, it's expensive. Now they, we're well, spending one hundred and twenty dollars on a board game with lots of plastic nowadays is not is kind of the going rate. But this is more than that. You know, I think it's like two hundred bucks usually for the expansion. I think is that no, not true? 
if you want the core box, um, it's four hundred. But but you know, the Black Friday sale, which this might be able to come out before then, and it's on Black Friday. Usually sells it for three fifty. Okay, so that's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot of money. So you got to be sure you're going to be used to it. And the other thing is, once you put all those dumb minis together, they're not going back in the box. Nope. So space. We Why is gotta... a curio cabinet? All my stuff's on the back side of this wall in a curio cabinet. I keep all my favoritely painted minis in a curio cabinet on the other side in the main game area room. So that means you got to spend $350 on Black Friday plus another $200 for a cabinet to display it on Black Friday and another $100 to get lights so you can shine them perfectly on the minis plus the aforementioned $150 on paints just and to do it. And and glue and all this stuff to put them together. So that's a, that's $1,000. <laughs> yeah, lifestyle game. Yeah. And you know what? It has actually been called a lifestyle game. And a lot of people have labeled as that. They, I mean, I, uh, there's a group out there called Twist Gaming, I think is what they're called. They continuously streamed Kingdom Death. I think they're like on campaign nine or 10 or even 11 or something. And they've just done tons of campaigns doing different things in the campaigns, which I think is pretty. So it just shows you and people are enjoying watching that. Just people just enjoy watching this game, watching this game played. A lot of it, like you said, might be a monetary issue. A lot of people can't just jump out and buy something for 400. So I want to watch. I'm going to enjoy it through somebody else's eyes kind of thing. And um, I mean, I, I won't let you know, I, I've every now and then I'll look to see if I can find a copy with no minis because you know, they, they, that used to be sold, you know, significantly mm -hmm. cheaper because a lot of people, again, who play role-playing and stuff, they just mm -hmm. want the minis because the minis are great. Oh, unbelievable. Some of the best. Yeah. yeah so, so kind of, kind of all of that. So I'm going to, cause I, I can't answer this question. So Baron here, I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to try to no more than three. I'm going to give you three because I know this is your favorite. What are the three things that you like the best about this game? <laughs> three. I'm going to give you three. Normally I give people one. I, I would say uh, combat, um, the civilization, which kind of, what I said before, it's a boss battling civ builder. So combat, the civilization, and the, not theme, but I don't know how to say it in a word, but the concept of how this game can be played replayability we'll go with replayability combat replayability and civ building because all three of those things make a great make this game great you when you go on hunts you're rolling on you're rolling on this table you're never gonna know what's happening to your guys and it could be different every time there's a hundred different things that can happen to you guys and i know he's actually expanding that from what i understand when you're fighting the monster it could do different things every time you fight it when you're building your civilization it can go down a different path every time because you're drawing these innovation cards and you might not get ones you're hoping to get and you can start at the beginning like you and i don't think you've ever done it uh you could correct me if I'm wrong but you can be the you can go cannibal at first which is going to unlock different stuff and that's suddenly a very different path and that's just one choice that's just one choice yeah. you could be when you create your when you have your first kid you have to make a choice and then that choice is going to be stuck with you for that entire adventure and when you play it again you can try a different one and there's a whole other, that's a whole other game now. That's two games I've already played. And that's just one choice, like you're saying. So there's so many different choices in replayability in this game that it really, really makes it shine. Good. And now, and, and, before and, people think that I am like Daddy Warbucks here, I, 
<laughs> and then I bought all this stuff for like thousands upon thousands of dollars. I actually did back the original Kickstarter at 150 bucks. Can you believe that that I got the game for 150 on the original Kickstarter? That was how much he originally kickstarted this game for. And as he made this game and produced it, it became a $400 monstrosity. Now, every expansion, of course, is also big bucks. Well, when they did the Kickstarter, if you go back to the original Kickstarter, they weren't that much money. They were only about like $25 for each expansion. So again, that's how I kind of got everything was I did like the all in pledge in the original Kickstarter, which is really kind of a something. It's almost one of those things where I kind of invested early and actually it's like getting Bitcoin when it was 50 cents. Yeah, you should have um, you should have gotten the Bitcoin instead, buddy. I probably should have gotten more Bitcoin instead of Kingdom Death. That's for sure. But it's that so, and it's very similar to other Kickstarter projects like that. Sometimes they they just happen to be that you always got that pledge that comes out, and then you get the like Madara, for example, originally came out. It wasn't that much, but now as it's gone up for the second printing, it was a little bit more because they uh, they didn't raise how much they were going to put into that game. He didn't know how much he was going to put into this game. If you look at the picture on the box of the original Kickstarter, it's supposed to be just a square box. This is probably what it was supposed to be like. If you look at the picture of the original Kickstarter, it looked like this. But of course, if people have ever seen the box, it's enormous. And if for those I'm listening on the show, I was just holding up one of the normal square boxes that you would normally buy at your local game store. But yeah, now, now the, the actual box is, uh, it's not quite as big as Gloomhaven, but it's close. It's not as tall, but it's way wider. Ah, okay. It's yeah. astronaut, it's, it is my widest game for sure. It's probably overall space uh, area in area. It is probably the biggest game I have. And so, yeah, so that they have, I mean, it's, and I don't think I want to throw out there is you can also try this on T on tabletop simulator. Like yes. the tabletop simulator module is amazing. That whoever, I mean, you have to remember, it's a game that everybody's wanted to play. Everybody's wanted, I shouldn't say everybody. That's a bad statement to make, but it's a sought after game to try. And so if you, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that didn't have the ability to do it, but are really great programmers and they've made some amazing, I, the best tabletop simulators mods, I think out there are for this game, I would say. That's going to go ahead and kind of wrap it up. So we don't have a super, super long episode. So we can get this out before black Friday. So everybody can, everybody can jump on the game for 350 bucks. Save 50 bucks <laughs> on, on this thing. Um, but uh, there you have everybody that, that is, um our thoughts on kingdom death monster and so uh, i remind everybody to if you're interested in checking out sovereignty the digital game platform go down to the description check it out all the information is there check it out for free check out a free platinum trial whatever you like and before i let you go barons what are your words of gaming wisdom uh i would say uh slop and drop is the gaming word tonight just you slap the paint on you drop it on the table that's the deal get some paint on those minis out there man if you're looking for a, i did actually do a video on paint on how i paint minis if you're interested i know it's on my channel uh, maybe will be nice enough to link it in the description if he wants to uh but uh, i would say i mean if it's called slop and drop with parents no <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's that's absolutely amazing. All right, um, I, you know I love the way how I can almost always put my foot in my mouth, pretty much right at the end of everything. Just the, the, yeah. I don't think everybody remembers at the end. Yeah, but um, everybody, you can find a link to uh, uh, meet me at the table down in the description. You can check that out. Um, I'll try to remember to put put a link to the actual painting video that he's talking about. Also, check it out down there for my thank yous to all the different channels that helped out with the commercial for Sovereignty, as well as the Sovereignty information that I mentioned before. 
And uh, as always, if you enjoyed this conversation, please like, subscribe, share. If you're on YouTube watching this, or if you're on a this listening on a podcast, make sure you subscribe with however it is that you do that. So as always, thank you so much for watching or listening and have a wonderful, wonderful day. I figured you would judge me and make fun of me because you're a bully. I would never judge you, Will. I just do it behind your back. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, what's the point of it? Um, it goes in the middle of the board, and in if you ever played Assassin's Creed, they climb up these things and yeah. they're on them and do the whole like scanning. Yeah. The thing. That's what it's supposed to represent. So it just blocks your vision of the people across the table from you. Yep. We'd be having Barrett Con. That's right. We could. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Diddle Con. Diddle Con. That sounds really bad. Well, it's better than Dit Con. Yeah. Let's go with Diddle Con. You get the wrong kind of people signing up for DiddleCon. You might, yeah. I'm in the swim team now, so I got to go to the swim meet for both of them. Lucky for us, it only lasted about two and a half hours. Jesus. And they only swim for, what, like two minutes? <laughs> yup. That's, that's about it. Can't but you put yeah. together minis while you're there? I should have. I was actually hanging out with my in-laws, so I was talking to them. With a shot of Widow Tears. Yeah. <laughs>